You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, Bucks fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. We are always sailing in with new episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Be sure to conveniently download the Odyssey app, hit the auto download button so that you can get all the brand new episodes sitting right there just waiting for you. But the other good news is that you can get it on whatever platform is more convenient and streamable for you. That's Apple or Spotify, whatever the case may be. I am Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it is time for us to sail into today's new episode Midweek, there's updates, there's treasure takeaways, there's sailing to the south, and then always walking the plank. And today's walk the plank is going to get a little interesting, guys. Just a little friendly rivalry here. Kaylee, how are you? Friendly rivalry. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how friendly it stays, Casey. <laughs> we'll see how friendly it stays. I'm doing well. I'm doing really well, Casey. You're such a trooper. I know that uh, you're not feeling the best right now, so. We are thinking about you, sending you all the good vibes and Jojo, Mojo, 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 Jojo, Jojo. <laughs> from Powerpuff Girls. Uh, we're sending you good mojo um, and also lots of tea um, because that is something that is helpful for you. Um, also, I have to give a huge shout out to another uh, Tampa Bay team that got started this week. That is the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. And for you fans who are fans of both, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're like also Why not? rocking the Tampa Bay Lightning jersey, which you should be, uh, check out our podcast, Pucks and Bolts. It's also an Odyssey podcast. So just going to throw that out there, give it a little plug. Casey and I are also on the mic with you, and we're going to be talking the Bolts all season long. And so, Casey, that has me really, really excited Um uh, just about, I mean, like I said last week, this is the best time of year. It's mm-hmm. legitimately my favorite time. You've got the best of all of the sports and you got the best food and the holidays are coming up. My birthday's coming up. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Are you a little Scorpio? I am a Scorpio, but I don't think I come across as a Scorpio because I feel like I'm too nice. Scorpio yeah, probably have like, like a Pisces moon or something like that. Our, I just lost half of our audiences. They're like, oh my God, she's not an astrology person, is she? I don't know what any of that means, but I know that there could be a rising sun and a, and, and a rising moon and a, and a sign. And you'll have to tell me about it later, Casey, because I'm I'm somewhat interested, but I don't, I don't know. I don't it's know. exciting. Just a quick little context. I'm a Pisces, Aries, Scorpio. And for me, That's my so Aries is what comes off the most. Like I'm a very fiery personality, but I'm extremely okay. sensitive. So 
yeah, that's it. That that's why that stuff is so fun because then you kind of figure out some things. That's like, why it oh, matters like too what the players are, right? I think we've talked about that before on the podcast. We have. We were trying to figure out who's a Capricorn out here and who's yeah. doing various things, and we got we got some good answers on that. Maybe something worth plugging in to a segment, one of the midweek segments. We're just gonna <laughs> take it full astrology. Maybe in the something fall. weird is happening. We'll be like, okay, is Mercury in retrograde? Because right, we need to look up some signs. <laughs> or as my brother and company like to call it, is Mercury in Gatorade retro? Whatever you call it, I'm like, dude, stop with the Gatorade. <laughs> like it doesn't belong in every conversation. So. Um, no, you're right. I'm so excited. And while I feel like death, because um, Kaylee and I talk we for a living, like so we death. just cannot escape <laughs> any sort of like, <clears throat> do you feel like year round, you're just like honey, lozenges, tea, yeah. honey? Yeah, it's just, that's our life. So electrolytes. I like, I've, I've gone on a TV 12 thing where like, I don't drink normal water. I only drink electrolyte <laughs> water. Yeah, we have a whole pantry full of it. So <laughs> that's just that's just Kaylee and I's life. And as Kaylee mentioned, what what's do. keeping me alive today is the fact that uh, hockey started. It's it's opening night, and Kaylee and I get to talk I'm hockey, so which is how we met. Too. So this is even more exciting for us. This is, yes, this is where the is bond really started. It yeah, is where the bond started, and then it just grew from there into a beautiful friendship. And now uh, we're here, co-hosting. And Casey, uh, there's a there's a lot of beautiful friends on this team, but there's one person that hasn't made some friends, uh, and and oh, you know, he's going to out, and <laughs> I don't know whether it's fair or not. So, do you want to give us a little context into some of the Twitter drama that went down? Oh gosh, well you know nothing like a little tea on a Tuesday, um, as some people hopefully may. <laughs> I don't know if I should say hopefully. That's so weird to say. But if you want to be in on a little bit of tea, if Housewives isn't your thing and you want some football drama, then maybe yesterday, Monday morning, 9 a.m., you've got Devin White. Now, everyone knows that I'm pretty sure Kaylee and I are on the same page here where it's like, Devin White, you you crush it on the field. Um, yeah. I've been gassing him up all season because I'm That's like, you know, you came in a training camp. Yeah. You're holding yourself okay. accountable, correcting mistakes. You're You're electrifying on the defense. But don't don't get on the Twitter. Devin White needs to maybe, stay off the Twitter. Maybe tweet less. Yeah, like maybe just stick to highlight tapes and no captions or something. Um, but unfortunately, this, this didn't start on Twitter. This started post-game in the locker room right. where media gets to come and ask questions. And from that video footage and those questions, you were held accountable for your answers. And so Kaylee and I did chat about this in post-game. Uh, mm -hmm. Devin White made some comments basically saying that, you know, the defense, his, his excuse, I guess, was that the defense got bored out there after imposing their will on the Falcons. And that's kind of how and why they ended up letting off the gas towards the end there. And yeah. uh, your good old reporter, Greg Allman, who's the first guy to have all Bucks news, if we're being honest, uh, he posted about it, put a headline on it, and Devin White woke up on Monday and chose violence. He decided he didn't like the headline. He didn't like being quoted directly for what he said. So he was going to quote tweet Greg Allman's video saying that it was dumb or the comments were dumb for starters and that um, – I didn't, I didn't say the right thing to do was to let up, but that tends to happen when you are up. So therefore I said, we just have to stay aggressive and put teams away. And also at Greg Allman, this is a very 
crappy, crappy. Thank you. <laughs> Headline with all that I said. Now, Kaylee, I need your opinion on this because he said, I just noticed that he closed out with all that I said, but you said a whole lot of not great things. Yeah. So, so let me, Casey, let me get first to like what he, what, like, I want to yeah. what he said. So he said, and I quote, when you're in, when you're beating a team, kind of imposing your will on them, it can get boring and you get less aggressive. So I understand what he's saying conceptually. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that maybe is a reason as like somebody asked, like, I would, I would assume that somebody asked like, why, why did they score 15 unanswered points to end the game? And that was his reasoning. Um, so he didn't use the words let up. The, what he like explicitly said was, um, you know, it can get boring and we can get less aggressive. So we need to stay aggressive, which is true. They did get less aggressive and it is true. They do need to stay aggressive. But all Greg did was report that. Like he just did his job. Like you have a job, Devin, and, right. and you go and do your job. And it's our job to like, report and ask you questions about your job and like you're promoted. Part of the reason you get paid so much money is because people want to watch and they want to know about your job. And so people are paid to also talk about your job. Like it's Mm -hmm. not the media actually can be your friend and can help you. Right. All, all we're doing is we're a megaphone for what you're saying. And so if you say, that's a great way to put that Kaylee. I was a cheerleader in high school, right? So, <laughs> so we're so if you say we stopped being aggressive, then like people are going to talk about that. And mm-hmm. that's people's jobs to talk about. And like Greg wasn't adding any commentary. He didn't add any like contextual no fillers there to <clears throat> what you said. He literally wrote verbatim what you said and then attached it to a video. So everyone can see in real context what you said. Mm -hmm. It'd be different if he was like trying to spin this, but Greg wasn't. Greg is a great guy. He wasn't trying to spin this. He just said it how it was. So I think this is the case where, you know, I didn't get to, to read the comments, but I'm assuming that like there was a lot of Bucks fans that were not happy with the way that Devin White responded Yes, and Devin White then was not very happy with Bucks fans getting up. Mm-hmm. Um, which at the end of the day, it's like my opinion, just because of this is how I do, like this is how I operate, is like I'm gonna do me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna I'm not gonna participate in the noise. If you want to say something bad about me, I'm not gonna respond. And I'm going to show you on the field, right? Like mm-hmm. on my field, like in my, like, I'm going to show you how I do it. Yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong in my court. And mm-hmm. so I think what Devin White could have done and maybe should have done, it would be my advice. I don't know the guy. So I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, pretend to like know his whole life story. Yeah. Right. But like, um, my advice, if he like called me up and said, Hey, Kaylee, what should I do? I would have been <laughs> like, Hey, Devin what you should do is go out there next week and continue to be aggressive and show all the reporters. Yeah. And show every. And then whenever they ask you about that, say, remember last week when I said I needed to keep being aggressive, 
That's what no, I did. Yeah. Your story, right? Like yep. that's what I would have done. Show them on the field. Yeah. Well, could I not agree with that more. Like I understand, but if he's one of those guys that feels the need to say something, because I get it. He's he's still yeah. on the young side, if you will. If you feel the need to respond to something, if you feel the need to be defensive, I he could have done it in a sense to be like, let's just see how next week plays out. You know, keep it short and sweet. Put the accountability back on you. Give them something to compare your performance to. But at the end of the day, you clearly knew that letting off the gas was not the right thing to do. And I think the biggest thing here, and, and you, me, and our producer got a chance to chat about it before the show, is for me as a as a fan for a second, it was the word boring that just set me over the edge. Like, you, yeah. every other interview that you have, perfect example. I got a chance to talk with Antoine Winfield Jr. after the game. And you and I discussed this as well. Antoine Winfield Jr., no matter what happens, his response about football is always having so much fun. He has so much fun. He just loves football. So you can't have that guy who's like, man, I'm just happy to be here. Basically, that guy. And then you have this other guy who's supposed to be a leader on the team who's like, yeah, we got bored playing my favorite sport that I get paid heck of a lot of money to do. And so that's why we let up 15 points in the in the fourth quarter, because why not? I got bored. That's almost like offensive to fans that pay stupid money to come watch you play the sport that you love to say the word boring. So I think that's probably where the comments went nuts, because it's like, how the heck are you bored, guy? Like you and this is an opportunity for you to just load up your stock on the stat sheet. Yeah. You know, if you're that bored, continue to sack Mariota. Don't get a stupid roughing the passer thing, but, you know, continue to break in and, and, and sacks. How about you lead your team in tackles versus leaving it to Antoine, Antoine Winfield Jr., who's having fun? Um, and for to kind of speak for your team in that sense and call it boring, you're talking about a, a good amount of guys that are on one-year deals or contract years on that defense. You have no business being bored. You're trying to convince somebody to pick you up for another year. Oh, Casey, go off. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. That like you hit on a really good point because he wasn't just speaking for himself. He did say he did speak as if he was speaking for the whole defense when he said, when you're beating a team, it can get boring and you can get less aggressive. But he was, the the question was like asking about the defense as a whole. Mm -hmm. So that. That's that's hard whenever you're trying for other people, but uh, we still love him and we still yeah you know, appreciate his role. In sure. his but stay aggressive, you, just not yeah. on Twitter. Like stay aggressive on the field, bro. Don't stay share your feelings on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> that less, sounds so harsh to say. Don't be share less your feelings. Aggressive on Twitter. Be less aggressive. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's advice. This is a PSA for all people. Be less aggressive on Twitter. We don't need it. Oh don't need it no we don't everyone needs to honestly relax on twitter twitter needs to be like a operate from 11 a.m to 4 p.m to just spare people the disasters that take place first thing in the morning and at night but that's a whole different conversation Devin white we appreciate you we know that you've got so much more room to grow on the field and off the field just stay off twitter and let your legs and your and your stats do the talking so we had to get into that though that was a great way to wake us up 100 percent. be less aggressive but Casey, he's not the only person that has to be less aggressive. Mm-hmm. You have to be less aggressive when you're tackling the quarterback. At least yeah. that's what we saw this week. There were quite a few roughing the passer penalties. 
I mean, and we heard some whines and complaining. Some great memes, though. <laughs> there were some good memes. That's true. And here, here's what I'm here to tell you. Like a like a two year old throwing a tantrum, your whining kind of worked because the NFL is going to at least discuss the roughing calls. There's no change that is imminent. However, because the referees are instructed to err on the side of caution, mm -hmm. it is something that the NFL is going to be discussing um, because, you know, there were, again, there were some tantrums thrown on Sunday. So oh for those who participated in the tantrum throwing, uh, good news for you. You made your point. And it's going to be heard. TBD. You'll hear back. At the end of the day, it might be because I said so. Just That'd like be lovely. Told you. But, <laughs> but we'll see. And we will see what plays out. But I did want to mention that that is also some news that is going on right now. I'm so glad that you did. Uh, staying along the lines of rough, but not roughing, uh, two guys kind of had a rough breakaway from Sunday's game. The main two injuries that I that I can recall at this moment, yep. we know that Sean Murphy Bunting went out of the game versus the Falcons, as well as Carlton Davis. Uh, Davis was a hip injury and SMB or Sean Murphy Bunting, whatever you choose to call him, um, was a quad, a quad. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Um, yep. The hard part here with them is no, there's no updates. We usually don't find out anything about the players until really closer to Thursday. First injury report always comes out Wednesday afternoon after about, you know, between three and 4 PM. Uh, so we will keep you updated that on the next episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns here at Odyssey. But the, what this brought to my attention initially was the fact that this might be a tough, tough break for Sean Murphy bunting. We're talking about a guy that opened the season last year with an elbow injury, took him out for most of the season, which kind of ended up helping him lose his job to Jamil Dean. And then there was that huge competition between him and Jamil Dean in this training camp to see, Hey, can we get the SMB back from two years ago that we thought was going to be a leader on this team? And he kind of fell off. He had a very quiet training camp. You never heard his name. You never really saw him hype. You never, he just looks very out of it. Um, maybe like the pressure has kind of gotten to him. And so with that said, depending on the severity and what information comes back with this injury that he is dealing with, he already lost the starting job to Jamil Dean. Uh, I believe he's in a contract year as well. So hopefully this isn't something that keeps him out for long. Um, it's really unfortunate to kind of see the decline that's, that's taken with him. I know I've never really given him an easy break when it comes to evaluating, but he was somebody that I was excited to see progress in this system with the Bucks and kind of grow. And maybe I just kind of thought maybe in training camp, he would get that spark underneath him. And while he probably was keeping his head down and focusing on himself as a defensive player, I think everybody was just expecting him to make some noise and it just didn't really happen. So it's an unfortunate situation that he is dealing with that injury. And hopefully it's not something that's going to linger and keep him out of that second string role for long, because this is a big season for him. And that would be a huge setback. Yeah, and Casey, we should know soon he was set to have an MRI. And so I would imagine that there's going to be information here in the next few days. Um, mm -hmm. So just for sure, fans, keep it locked on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. That's Jolly Rogers TDS on both Twitter and Instagram. 
Also follow myself and Casey. I'm at Kaylee Mizell and at the Sports Case uh, for the latest on Bucks news and info. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But Casey, now that we are done with some team updates, we got to get into some of our treasured takeaways Yay. from the win, the first home win of the season. Finally. Casey, I'm going to, if it's cool with yes. you. Oh, I was going to say I can let you kick it off, but I can for sure tee us off. Oh, I loved your takeaways, though. So let's let's get into it. Oh, we're in it. Okay, so this is kind of a a takeaway. It's a broader takeaway uh, of a player that we really didn't get to talk to at all. I don't even think we mentioned his name on Sunday night. Uh, And that is running back Rashad White. Um, So I, I am interested in your perspective because... Tom Brady has really gone to bat for this kid. The way that he like studies the game, the way that he loves football, his passion. He's really gone. He said like Tom Brady doesn't just like give out compliments, but he oh my has gosh, no. some this guy's <laughs> praises. Like he is just like hot on the Rashad White train, which is mm-hmm. interesting because you and I have not always been on the Rashad White train. Like there's been a lot of question marks as to like, why is, what's happening with Keyshawn? Them entrusting, exactly. Yep. Why, why is White in and not Key? Like what is happening here? And I don't know if this is, I, I, I can't, I would be interested in those answers. However, what I will say is that, this is a guy that they're, it seems like they're set on using him in this way. They're mm-hmm. set on, like, it, I don't, I don't foresee it changing. I don't see, foresee like Rashad White not being the number two running back. Um, yeah. And so I just am interested in having a little bit further of like an in-depth conversation with you about mm-hmm. what, what are they seeing that we're potentially missing when it comes to Rashad White's game. Because I do see sparks there. Yeah. But I don't see as much as I saw from Keyshawn in training camp. And I mm-hmm. sure as heck don't see as much as we see from Leonard Fournette. Because, I mean, pumpkin spice Lenny. I mean, who's, <laughs> like, how, how is he going to be beat? He can't be. Um, but I'm yeah. I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more broadly about Rashad White. Uh, what what am I missing? Am I missing? Are you missing something? What is what are we missing when it comes things. to this kid's game? And I'm really glad that you actually. I'm first of all, I'm glad that you brought this up, and this is why I was like, no, I like Kaylee's takeaways. I'm gonna let you let you tee us off here because. You and I both, yeah, as you mentioned, what the heck's going on with Keyshawn Vaughn? Why is this not more of a conversation? Then Coach Bowles was asked after the Chiefs game, what's going on with the running back group? And he's like, we're going to get them more involved. And I think all of us thought, oh, we're going to see more of them dressed out. We're at least going to have a third string running back in the mix there in case Rashad White doesn't catch the freaking ball. But that wasn't the case. 
what I have come to learn, find out here and kind of analyze is what they're liking. It's always appealing when a player is younger and fresh and shows potential because it's the longevity of how he can be groomed within this system and grow with this team. So I know that that's an appealing thing. And then his college stats are really illuminating for these, for this coaching staff as to what he can do in this Bucks system. Mm. And that's where we kind of see these glimmers of this guy that can pass catch, use his legs. You know, he might not be the size of Leonard Fournette, but he's actually quite strong for his build. And then there's always that attractive appeal of, oh, we can also put him on kick returns, punt returns. We can use him on special teams. And look, he hasn't had the flashiest special team stats, but he has done better than Darden in a lot of instances. I mean, three of Darden's receptions totaled one of uh, Rashad White's receptions in kick return. And so if he builds off of that, he's going to be way more, way more functional and way more useful to this team on special teams. But what it comes down to and what I was hearing the most of when it comes to comparing across the spread is it's Rashad White's vision. So depending on the pass rush that they're going against, he has a better eye for, for, for finding gaps, for creating gaps and being explosive in those gaps. Whereas Leonard Fournette, maybe it's his size or maybe it's because his vision is not as per like sharp as Rashad White. Excuse me, guys. My voice is going to fade in and out here. It's not as sharp as um, Rashad White's. But the thing with Rashad White is that on those tight moments and third downs is something that we know this team needs to clean up way too many yes. third and outs versus the Falcons. But they're, they're trusting the fact that as Rashad white gets more confident in his role and more comfortable in this system, that he'll be able to really capitalize on that sharp vision that he has because Lenny gets stuck in those gaps sometimes and can't get those extra yards once the pass rush collapses in on him, which Rashad white can escape a little bit more. So yeah. I think it's the fact that he has better vision. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, they weren't too high up on. And then he just kind of had these moments where he got, he, he broke in for these big yardages, but it lacked consistency. Whereas mm -hmm. the gap management was a consistent thing for Rashad White in college. So I think they're just giving him a chance to allow it to translate. Okay. And, and on top of that, we do know that, that personality wise, the way that he like trains his, his, perspective so on himself and where he wants to be yeah he's very mature he's very meticulous when it comes mm -hmm. to his studies the way he studies film his passion for the game um you know they were talking about him and they were saying that he's one of the guys that like comes early stays late you know is just very very dedicated to his craft and so with as dedicated as he is and if they're right about his vision i would see that he would potentially get more carries and more yards. We haven't seen the more yards yet. He's, I mean, it's not like he had like anything insane. He only had, you know, uh, yeah, 14 five yards. Yeah, five, five attempts, 14 yards. So nothing wild, but it's also, I mean, it's not nothing, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm, you've, you've sold me for now. I'm open to them, but I'm yeah. glad that you were able to answer that question because it was, it was something that I assumed would be answered at some point by this coaching mm -hmm. staff. And uh, while, while they haven't explicitly said, you know, all of these things, it, it's really good insight from you, Casey. Thank you. Absolutely. And like something to note, and I think you and I touched on this a little bit Sunday as well, is the fact that it was Kate Otten and Rashad White that really started to pave yep. a way for this offense. So that sure. just kind of really added to his resume and you know, is going to help him live to see another day and another couple of downs and yeah. 
don't know what's going to happen with Keyshawn Vaughn, but if this kid at least makes the smallest improvement game by game, then they're going to, they're going to keep him in there. And Lenny's kind of tough on him too. Good. He doesn't like to give him credit in, in the locker room post game. And I just got over to the whole group of media a little late there, but um, somebody said something about, oh, how Rashad White has improved game by game. And Leonard Fournette quickly goes, I wouldn't say improved game by game, but he takes responsibility for X, Y. Like, he really just kind of shut that down. Like, so in order to get a compliment out of Lenny, this kid has to be on point. And I think that's oh, going to be wow. a driving force for him. But yeah. it was just really weird to me when I noticed that. I was like, oh, my gosh, he shut that down really quick. <laughs> Tom Brady's faster with his compliments for this kid than even Lenny is. Oh, my gosh so much faster. I don't know if Lenny's given him a real compliment yet. Okay. Well, we'll wait for it. We'll wait yeah. for it. If it happens and that's when we'll know. Definitely. Keep you guys posted. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Case, what, uh, what kind of takeaways, what little gems have you kept on to from Sunday? Um, I will stick with the offense. A big takeaway for me is use the tight ends more. I, yep. I know that this is getting redundant. You and I have been screaming this from the mountaintops. We might as well be in Sound of Music by now. But it's <laughs> like, come on. You guys see what happens. And I just would really love to see what it would look like to have a healthy Cambrate and an equal distribution of reps with Kate Otten and, you know, Co'Keefe out there to block. I really just want to see – a consistency of like those two tight end sets and to see what can pave the way there. And I thought that that was something that was going to take place with the fragmented offensive line. Um, you know, Luke Hideki is still struggling a little bit. Um, Donovan and Smith, like, thank goodness he's back, but it's week five going into week six. You don't want to rely so heavily on him on the line. And I, and I know that that's kind of out of their hands there, but I just think if they would put a little bit more faith and trust in their tight ends, they can alleviate some pressure on that offensive line. I want to see more Kyle Rudolph. I know people are not a fan of this. People think that he's washed. People think he can't contribute. People say, just put all your eggs on the K-Dot and basket. Look, if I'm not the biggest K-Dot and cheerleader, I don't know who is, but I do still want to see Kyle Rudolph. You have to go back and look at the tapes of him during the year of the Minnesota miracle. This guy was a key contributing factor. And I think it's going to be these tight ends that really start helping with that red zone execution. I know Leonard Fournette found the end zone twice this, this past game, but still when teams start queuing in on Leonard and Rashad white is still getting up to speed and the wide receivers are being locked down in the red zone. What are you going to do? Yep. Tight ends. So I know this might sound more of a ridicule versus a takeaway. The takeaway being what Kate Otten brought to the team. You know, he was leading, heading it, or he was top two in receiving yards, heading into halftime. And if you just trust him to have a little bit more, and then you bring Cameron Brayton to the mix and you bring Kyle Rudolph into the mix, I think that a lot, a lot can happen for this team in a, in a great way and really help with those third down situations, let alone the red zone. So I think we saw glimmers of that versus the Falcons where the tight ends got involved or even helped with the run game. But one way or another, I want to see a lot more tight end action. Yeah, I agree with you. And then especially with the fact that, you know, we, we heard this week that Julio Jones might be, he might end up being out later because they really want his knee to be healthy. They want mm -hmm. him to be able to be healthy and good down the stretch and so, which makes sense. I agree with that decision, but you have to fill that role somewhere. And, and, and why not fill it with a dynamic player who can help in multiple ways? And that, yeah. those are your tight ends. Those are the guys that you have to look at when, when it comes to that. My hope is, Casey, that the performance from this past weekend really sparked confidence 
in the offensive line, in Tom Brady, and in the coaching staff, mm-hmm. tight end group, they're good and they know what they're doing and that they do need to be utilized more. So yeah. that is my hope when it comes to the offense. But moving on to the defense, one of my biggest treasure takeaways, and it's something that we did talk about, Casey, but I just, I think that it just needs to be like sung even louder is just the amount of sacks that this Bucks <laughs> defense got. And, you know, whenever we get an interception, we like sing it from the mountaintops, which I think we should, but like mm-hmm. they got five sacks and this is the second week in a row where they've had multiple sacks. And I, I mean, that's really, really incredible what mm-hmm. they're able to do. And I just, especially like, and I mean, I know that it's like, different guys and it's not the same players who are doing this but but yeah i just think that the the, the way that they were able to um get, get in there put pressure on and then not just put the pressure on but like bring the guy down like they brought him down which is something that we got before they, well, that was a little bit of a struggle early in this season they were like um, putting a lot of pressure but they were not making those tackles. And so to get five sacks and our producers pointing out correctly, like different guys getting those sacks too, you know, it's not the same guy that's getting all of these stats. It's different guys. It's something that we talked about a little bit about on Sunday. Uh, But my biggest takeaway is like this defense has a lot of depth when they're on point, they're on when they are being aggressive, they're going to be aggressive and they really truly can be one of the best defenses if not the best defense in the league, when they're on, when they're being aggressive. I love the sacks. I love how many guys contributed to that. I loved all of it, right? I just thought that getting in there, putting pressure on, it really, really helps refrain from them being able to do anything offensively because they don't have time. There's so much Mm -hmm. pressure and it's different guys stepping up, leaning in, getting to the quarterback. um, And I love to see it. And so just... I wanted to just like retweet one of my biggest takeaways. It's just the sacks, the different guys getting it. That's that's fantastic. Keep being aggressive. Keep putting that pressure on. It's mm-hmm. working. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the, the the different amount of guys that are getting in on the action there because the reality of it is that some people probably would not even know the name of oh, yeah. some of the guys that are now stepping in, you know, you've got, you've got Sanat that got a sack on Sunday and you're like, who is this guy? He was like the third string. And how do you um, say his name? Nose- <laughs> right. How do you say his name for one? He's like the third string uh, nose tackle on the D line. It when they're playing against the, the Titans and stuff like that, you thought that this kid was just going to be practice squad. And that's not, that's not dissing his, his skill set or what he brought to training camp. It was just because of the guys ahead of him and the, and the depth in this room per se. But you know, for him to get one of those sacks. Also, a name that's not so new is um, I. Re- I butcher this all the time. Noches Ramirez Noches, but they call him Nacho. Nacho has really kind of been that guy who's excited for every single play, even when they were getting their butts kicked. Anytime he made a play, he was hype. He was excited. He was screaming. He was so again, a passionate player that just loves to be a part of this game. And he's starting to show up. He's starting to be a part of this team that can contribute. And you love to see it because we've seen how injuries tend to discount throughout this entire roster. And you want to know that you can call on the next man up and then it's going to be useful. So, so glad that you mentioned the different guys getting in on the action there. 
Um, maybe like a small build off from that because I had defense on my treasure takeaways too. I was a big fan of the fact that the secondary still really hung in there and amidst losing Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy bunting and some of the guys that went down, but the big key, the big key guy that wasn't in the mix for me was Logan Ryan, not suiting up for this game because of his injury. And so Logan Ryan was the guy who had back-to-back turnovers and the, and back-to-back games and, He's that he's that mischievous guy. He's so versatile back there. He's he's kind of a silent conductor, if you will. So for okay. him to be out and to see some of the plays that this secondary was making and to see where his name was kind of attached to that success, for them to get the job done and do something well without him being in there, it gets you excited for when he returns and this team kind of gets their legs underneath them again as they get to that halfway point of the season. So just kind of kudos all around to the depth of this defense and the ability, the skill set, and to be able to pull through for three quarters and shut down a Falcons team. I think they held the Falcons to, uh, they held the quarterback for 53 yards on nine of 18 passes while being sacked four times. So within just four sacks in three quarters, he was held to 53 yards. That's insane. Um, And something very exciting because while the NFC South, you can look at it and automatically think Tampa Bay is, you know, top notch there. I wouldn't discount the Falcons. Arthur Smith is piecing together a team from top to bottom. They're a young group. And I think for the position that they're in and, um, you know, how much more room they have to go, they're a pretty, they're a pretty good team. They've hung in there with some quality teams and, you know, they're, they're two, three now, but the loss was delivered by a contending playoff team, if you will. So definitely um, defense, something to still be excited about, regardless of Devin White saying that they get bored out there. My last takeaway, I just have to say, I got to give, I got to give some kudos. I know people are probably sick of complimenting Tom Brady. And then, you know, comes Kaylee and I, and we're like, he's human guys. Don't worry about it. But there, you still have to give credit where credit's due. So just to paint a picture through two gate in in the past two games, Tom Brady has thrown for over 350 yards. 350 yards. One of the only quarterbacks that's really doing that and making it look easy is Josh Allen. And that's because he's a tight end in a quarterback position and he's just a freak of nature, but three over 358 yards, 385 yards versus the chiefs. This man's 45 years old with a banged up finger, banged up rotator cuff, all sorts of distractions and dismay going on in his life and can come out and do that. And not only is he coming out and doing that, but he's doing it behind an offensive line that he was not prepared to play behind. There's a lot of pressure coming at Tom Brady. If you take a minute to just look at that film. So I've just got to give the QB one some credit and, and a little bit of love, you know, you're coming out, you're still performing. A lot of people are still very unimpressed. They're like, Oh, well, we feel like something else is going on or he could have done better or his completion in comparison to attempts was garbage. Yeah. But the guy still threw for over 350 yards. A lot of the issue is the, is the connection with his targets And a lot of that comes from you were able to hang in that pocket with so much confidence last season with Kappa and Marpet and and Jensen. And now you've got this almost night and day situation. Now having Hainsey and and Gadecki and a half healthy Smith and, you know, his biggest asset on that line is Tristan Wirfs, who kind of has been getting banged up. So between this offensive line and, and everything else, give Tom Brady a break couple more weeks in the return of Ryan Jensen, you're going to see a different monster and I'm calling it now. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Casey, uh, not to, not to 
bring up, bring the mood down. But my, my last takeaway, and we'll make it short is just, you know, the, the 15 unanswered points, you know, if that yeah. game would have continued, like what, what would have it looked, you know, what would, it would what have would handed them the win? You know, it, it really, they got it to a point where it was scary and it's not scary that they let them score. It's the fact that they scored 15 unanswered points mm -hmm. because if that happens at the beginning of a game, well, guess what? Now you're down 15, nothing. And then you're in a hole and then that's a hole that the offense, it's so hard for the offense to dig out of that hole. So it's just something that can't happen. I think the defense knows that it can't happen. Mm -hmm. um, no matter whatever reason why, whether it was because of the, the getting bored stuff, whether it was because they're just frankly, just being less aggressive. I know this defense knows how to play. They have to put together four quarters, what they did in the first three fabulous, spectacular you have to keep it up for the last quarter. You have to Absolutely. keep it up the whole game. So that's my last takeaway, and I'll I'll step off my soapbox, and <laughs> uh, and we can move on to something that I believe is going to be really interesting, Casey, because because there's it, it varies so much. It varies mm -hmm. so much, and it's the power rankings. And I'm going to start with ESPN because those are the power yeah. rankings that I. I, I kind of disagree with a little bit more. It, it's a little more confusing to me. I think we always disagree with the SPS. That is so confusing to me. Um, so they are put together by, by like, I think the NFL nation reporters and mm -hmm. then uh, ESPN's football power index. So, uh, okay, so I'll list off one through. We'll get to where the Bucks are. Uh, so one is Chiefs, mm -hmm. two is Bills, three is mm -hmm. Eagles, four is Vikings. Don't really have too big of a problem with everybody so far. Five is Cowboys, six is 49ers, seven is Ravens, eight is Packers. Nine is Bucks. I don't like it. So Casey, here's here's the biggest problem I have with this, just off the bat. The Bucks were eight last week. Mm -hmm. They won. The Packers were five la four last week, but they lost. Mm -hmm. Like, why do the Bucks like I don't understand. Part yeah. of the bucket, the chopping block. Yeah, like I get moving the Packers down from number four. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But the Bucks won. Like, why did why did they get moved down? Like, they won and they put up twenty one points. And yeah, we're not asking for a reward. We're just saying, why would you get knocked? I just don't understand. It doesn't make any type of sense to me. So, I think I'm left scratching my head at that one. Same. There's a lot that I don't like about this one, though, because for starters and for anyone who's heard me here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns or the Sunday spread on BetQL or on Twitter, because I'm always on Twitter. <laughs> I am. A, I am a I am a fan low key underneath side sideline. Side the Vikings might be a mistress. You know, I am a fan of the Vikings low key. Oh, I I've, and I've somehow. Okay. Well, not somehow I have my reasons, but I've been, I've, I've had my reasons for watching the team for years. And then I really was a big fan of this Kevin O'Connell switch up. 
<laughs> our producer what's interesting guys i'm a very transparent person when you date somebody from minnesota you know their teams become your team so we'd spend the first half of the day on tampa and the rest of the half of the day on minnesota which you know was a great learning experience if you will and helped me start to see the league on a on a broader um platform if you will but yeah low-key i've always loved the vikings for years now eight nine years and um love what kevin o'connell's trying to trying to bring about there, studying under Sean McVay. We know what they're trying to do. They're trying to become the Rams of the NFC North. But they don't deserve to be at position four. They just beat the Chicago Bears for crying out loud. Like, are you kidding me? How do you skyrocket and jump to position four and tie all the teams? I have more of a problem with the Cowboys. They were 11. Oh, my gosh. Now they're five. That's a whole like, other thing. I don't even have the time. We don't have – we don't have the time on this podcast to get into that, but the Cowboys really come what? on, come on. Okay. Casey, I'm going to get like too mad. Out participation you. awards to these two teams. Like, give me a break. I'm going to get too mad if I keep looking at it. So let's, and, and for time reasons, let's move on <laughs> to NFL.com. Keep us on track. You keep us so ranking rankings that make me a little bit happier at number one. You got Buffalo bills. Number two, you got the Eagles three, the Chiefs. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Four. 49ers. Five. The Ravens. Okay. okay. Six. The Buccaneers. Where they should be. Agreed. Yep. Where they should be. Yep. We just won. Makes NFL. So much more sense. Had them ranked eight last week. They win. So they move up. That's how it happened. And not by any psychotic margin, like putting the Vikings at number four. Who's writing this? Yeah. The, uh, so uh, Vikings at seven on NFL.com, again, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Packers at eight. Okay. Again. Yeah. That makes sense. They sure lost. Sure. Bengals at nine. Okay. They lost. Move them down. Cowboys at 10. Okay. They moved up three spots. That's how you do rankings. Yep. Thank you, NFL.com. I now <laughs> feel serene and at peace. This is namaste, Kaylee. Namaste. I was literally about to say namaste. This um, is namaste, Kaylee. So thank um, you for reeling us in, Kaylee. Thank you. I like I like the Bucks at number six. I think that's a fair ranking. Uh, mm -hmm. But Casey, it, we're having to go through things fast. And so I'm having to move us on to one of our favorite segments. Sailing into the South. Casey, we had a, a, a big question mark about sailing into the South last week because we had two of the teams facing off against each other. Now we know which team is sitting in first place, the Bucks. Uh, Casey, what's your what's your top takeaways? Give me your one-liner about each team now after week five. Love this. Um, now after week five, I think that, again – I don't think the Falcons are as bad as everybody tries to portray them to be. I think it was a quality enough competition for the Bucks to start giving them the confidence to get back on track. Just like you said, Kaylee, confidence is key. Um, yep. As for the Falcons, young team, a lot of potential. They've contended with some top teams in the league. I was very impressed with how they hung in with the Rams, even though the Rams aren't the Rams from last season, but still. 
pretty formidable team, if you will, uh, top to bottom. So I think that they're probably going to be the one team in the NFC South that gives the Bucs a run for their money. They're going to match up again towards the end of the year. It's always in the new year, too, which is just odd. Um, <laughs> closing out the regular season versus the Falcons back to back to back. And then you've got... I don't even know if the Panthers are worth talking about, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. You've got Baker Mayfield, who's now injured. I think he has a high ankle sprain, and that was already a bit of a situation. I told you guys, I said, this offensive line was not made to protect a guy like Baker Mayfield. I'm going to stick a pin in that. But the big news being that Matt Rule is out. Is that a surprise to many people? Not so much. Is it all on Matt Rule's shoulders? Not so much. Yeah. Perfect context. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's drafted properly. I don't think he's trying to piece this team together properly. I think he has a system in his brain that he feels so adamant about executing, but he's not pulling in the right pieces for it to be functional. And they didn't want to wait till the end of this season to make that work in the same sense. His players don't really stay healthy either. So again, I don't think it's all on rule, but rule is out of Carolina. And then you've got, those, those boys, those New Orleans boys, I like to say their name. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. You got the Nolens boys uh, who finally collected a W versus the Seahawks, the Seahawks and Geno Smith, the, the terror of Smith right now. But the funny part is that it wasn't Jameis Winston. It wasn't Taysom Hill. It wasn't Trevor, whatever his last name is. It was Andy Dalton under 200 passing yards, 187 passing yards and one passing touchdown that got the Saints, a 39-34 victory over the Seahawks. How do I feel about that? Not quite sure yet. How do I feel about Andy Dalton being in the pocket for the Saints? Really cool about that. Why? Because when the Bucks face them, they're going to have a heyday with Andy Dalton. Nothing against Andy Dalton. Um, so the Saints are still trying to figure out what's going on over there, but something else, they're working through a deal of injuries. James Winston back, Alvin Kamara, still the ribs, and then the list goes on and on and on. And I'm pretty sure Michael Thomas was out versus the Seahawks as well, which the slant boy is a, is a huge piece to that offense. So NFC South, it's looking pretty for the Bucs to stay on top where they, where they found themselves after Sunday's, well, Half cute, half ugly win versus the Falcons, 21 to 15. Casey, you put it perfectly. My one-liners are, this is Baker Mayfield's final chance. Last chance you, if you will, for Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield. Dude, if you don't get it done here, then just I mean, go back to making commercials because those were good. Those were yeah, good. Yeah, they're seen on the field. Not I so troubled. Not so much. I think after what we've seen this week and – I think that they, the Falcons talked a little bit about, and, and we had Bo on, and he talked a little bit about the fans and everybody wanting this quarterback change. I think it's coming. I think the quarterback change is coming. I think before the end of the year, I think sooner than later, you're going to see more. Uh, you're going to see more, for, less from Mariota, right? Like I think that's that's gonna that's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and I think there's going to be a little bit of a quarterback change that does happen as uh, Desmond Ritter is going to potentially step into place a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems like he's going to be the future of the Falcons. And so I imagine they're going to get him involved. Um, they seem to have wanted the grooming of that, but Bo's going to be so mad you said I that. Know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Bo. But that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, yeah, the Saints, I gosh, the Saints are just so confusing to me. I don't understand them. Um if there's one thing I will say about the Saints, it's it's 
I like, I like from an outsider what I see in Taysom Hill. And it always just confuses me why they don't use him more. I'm not complaining about it from the Bucs yeah. perspective. But it's only but, just the running. But I'm just – I just always have question marks with the Saints. I don't – sometimes they play great, and then other times you just are left scratching your head. So I can't really nail my finger down on them. But <laughs> uh, those are my uh, takeaways from the NFC South, leading us to – the most interesting walk the plank that we might have this <laughs> season. Casey, I'm going to let you go I first. Lead? You get to lead. <laughs> Guys, but this I, is how you know Kaylee uh, Kaylee actually loves me because but I I get to re, I get to rebuttal this. Absolutely, absolutely, Before, but Kaylee got a note on the door. Kaylee got yeah. a warning. Kaylee got a you're not evicted yet, but yeah, it's coming notice from me, and she still bring your goggles is what Casey told me tonight. <laughs> bring your goggles. Yeah, <laughs> basically, make sure you have a wetsuit and goggles. I gave her the warning, and um, sorry guys, I have to. I I am doing it gently. You guys know I typically kick my 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 walk the planks off the ship. Um, it tends to be in a little bit more of an aggressive manner, but this time it's just gonna be ever so gently. I'm just gonna poke Kaylee off the boat. Let her go cool off. Why? why? Why am I going? Because Kaylee mentioned on Sunday that, you know, she had some comments. She had some questions. Questions, not comments. Questions. And I, questions. I had to correct myself. Yes. Kaylee had some questions for Tom Brady. She's questioning your QB1 Bucks fans. She's. Here's what I said. I really like this. I This has to be one of those instances with the, like those commercials where it's like, challenge and then they roll the tape back i'm gonna call roll the tape here's what <laughs> happened casey i said is this fair fair of me am i being wild am i just like am i out of my mind here by asking these questions mm -hmm. and then you said no i think it's fair kaylee i think it's fair that you're asking those questions because tom brady from your word from your mouth casey you said <laughs> tom brady has seemed a little human and i said that's it that's perfect Tom Brady is like this superhuman. He's like a superhero. We see like the amazing things from him. And lately, it's just been like, it seems like there's a little bit of kryptonite. You know, it seems like there's a little bit of kryptonite. He seems a touch more human than he normally seems. That's what I said. I don't think that I should get pushed overboard. <laughs> For calling somebody human. For calling somebody a human. I said that he bleeds the same blood we do. <laughs> she Now, to be fair, yes, you somewhat protected <laughs> him in that, but it's because of the some – okay, I took some of the comments as like him being human is like, hey, he's allowed to like not have a grade A performance. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute, but how did he not have a grade A performance with – a it just maybe wasn't an a plus and normally right. he has a. it's like it's like if your kid always gets a hundred on a test and then they come home with like a 92 you're not like you're not like not proud of them but you're like oh that's different <laughs> what's up yeah that's different that's how i felt that's how i felt 
I ran off of people to push off boats this week. Here's my walk the plank. If you're sending me overboard, I'm grabbing your hand and you're coming with me because (laughs) you said that he was human too. And that's my walk the plank. This is not a package deal. It 100% (laughs) is. I'm not going I'm not going to think that you got somebody overboard and you're going with them. That's a very, that's a very intense feeling. (laughs) All right. Just kidding. We're sending somebody else overboard guys. I retract my walk the plank this week. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe everybody stays safe this week. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, why not there for anyone that doesn't want to just live in the moment, (laughs) be safe, be calm, cool, collected and carry on. You could walk the plank. This is a week yeah. where, where Kaylee and I need calm, cool, and collected. If you don't like fall, you can walk the plank. That's my yeah. – Honestly, I might go as far to say if you don't like hockey, walk the plank. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for that, but you got to – Check out our new podcast. And see exactly. <laughs> Fall in love with hockey and you'll get it. Oh, quick shout out though. Um, Karen. We have this lovely listener named Karen, um, oh. and she reached out to me to say – Miss Casey, hello, lady. You gave Scotty Miller no credit for that play. Oh, I am so sorry. We were so caught up in so many other things to talk about. And nowadays it's hard to praise Scotty Miller, Karen. So just, you know, you got to give me some wiggle room there. But Scotty did show up a lot more this Sunday than he has almost all season. And he caught some significant balls while he was getting bodied out and probably had a few past interferences against him that he was working through just throwing that out there um you know me i'm always proud of my boy scotty for whatever he does and uh scotty miller all day every day so shout out to karen thank you so much for listening to us here at jolly rogers and touchdowns and um just know i got your message and please feel free to chat with us whenever and i will always 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 i promise to never forget about scotty again that was my bad. Or else you have to walk the plank. Or else I do finally <laughs> go back off the plank. I you felt like I was stuck there for a couple of weeks, you know? You guys, we love it whenever you guys reach out to us. So to mm-hmm. be just like Karen, reach out to us. If we forget about somebody, let us know. Call us out. Maybe we need to walk the plank. Maybe we'll pull you down with us. Well, just kidding. <laughs> we just would. Kidding. That's only reserved for Casey. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> But please reach out to us. You can find us at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. Casey is at The Sports Case. I'm at Kaylee Mizell. You can catch new episodes of the podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. But be sure to download the Odyssey app because they have extras. They have little things. Like, you're going to want this app, guys. I promise you. Download the app, turn on the auto download button. So anytime that you are getting up on Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, coffee, gym, whatever you're doing, you have the podcast straight to your phone, wherever you can listen. So uh, to repeat, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans, download it. We will see you next time. I'm Kaylee Mizell. This is Casey Hudson. She can be found at the Sports Case. And I will check you guys later.